This is Church Information and Open Forum. I'm Marion Barnett, your host. We hear each and every Saturday from 7 to 9 a.m. right here on The Voice of the People. Oh, man. There's so much going on in this world. We, we're talking about what's happening in Afghanistan and zeroing on the city, a couple there at the airport. Then we, have, we just cannot forget about Haiti. Very quirk. Uh, people are flying in at Port-au-Prince in Haiti and they're seeing such devastation, such a devastation that's unbelievable. Then we have the wildfires. Man, uh, it's, it's almost like the book of Revelations. They are, California is burning and it's going into other states and everywhere, burning cities down. And uh, as they burn cities down, it's just something that uh, people have to understand what's going on. Something, something's terrible is happening. It is. It's a terrible situation. And when we find out all of these tragedies in this world, we find that they all could be remedied. With certain things. Yes. How do we rent rate? Would you like to be on the air? Uh, disasters that yeah. we think is is just something uncontrollable. Yes. I think they are. Yeah. Then we have the most staring disaster on earth. Probably the worst disaster in world history. Uh, racism. In America, maybe the worst disaster in America, not only American, but world history. Millions have died and suffered behind these things, such as these disasters. It's a terrible situation. This world is in a bad situation. And what are we going to do? Are we just going to just sit back and hate each other and watch things go down the dream? I wonder, I wonder. What, what, see, that's the one thing we are best at as a people, of hating and turning on one another. It's sad, it's sad that, that we've been so ignorantly taught how to not care for one another. It's a bad situation. It's bad. It's bad. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's just so much, so much to talk about. What would you do? If you were to go to Haiti, what would you like to see Haiti, Haiti do? Remember, millions, uh, if not billions of dollars was raised for Haiti Oh. Uh, a few years ago, some years ago, where's that money? I think uh, President George Bush, President Clinton, they were over that money. Where's that money? How come they didn't take that money and build stable homes? Why didn't they take that money and invest 
in companies come there where they have uh, uh, stores and, you know, different things like everybody else. Can anybody tell me what happened to the money that that Bill Clinton and George Bush was to oversee? Believe me, this was a a huge sum of money. Where is it now? Why hasn't that been uh, taken and used for, you know, infrastructure in Haiti? What are they doing? Are they spending? I'm wondering. Because I was, I was so leery about that from the very beginning when they were doing this. They're taking care of the money. Anybody heard? Anybody know where that money is? You've already called me, 972-647-1893. There's a, some of you have called already. But I just want to know about that. And why are we in Afghanistan? Wonder why. What's going on? We're so unconcerned about climate change. Look like half the country is about to burn down. It's a sad situation. Sad, sad. All righty. Let's uh, go on the air with some calls. Let me guess. Who do we have up here? So I don't have the name, but we have someone uh, just, on the air. Just bring them on. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. You're on Kino Yes. Yes. Robinette, I'm just wondering, I want to ask my classmate, George Farmer, where is George Strickler? Our classmate in the high school, like you just declared, where is George Strickler? What is what? I'm not understanding what you're saying. Where is her what? I want to ask Miss George Farmer, my classmate in the high school, where is Miss George Strickler? The most distinct life. I've never heard from her. Miss George Stigma? George Strickland. George Strickland. George Strickland. Strickland. George Strickland. George Strickland. And you know, two shot over to her, over to her, that lady that defeated the French. Yeah, well, he did. He beat, he defeated France and uh, caused you to be speaking English today instead of French. But uh, George Foreman and uh, George, she, if, she, if she's... He, in any way, she might be listening. All right. Well, I'll, I'll ask her uh, when she come home. Where's George Strickland? That's she can't have it in George Strickland. Where's George Strickland at? All right. So many 1966 classes dead down in Okay. All right. All right. Okay. All right. Thank you for your call. All righty. All right. Who do we have on uh Reverend yeah. Burnett, we have uh, Leon on uh, line one. Leon? Yes. All right. A good friend. Mo- good morning, <laughs> Leon. Good morning, Reverend Burnett. How are you this morning? I'm uh, not feeling too good this morning, Reverend Burnett. What's wrong? Uh, we don't know. Uh, we went to the hospital twice this week. Oh. And it's some type of a respiratory syndrome, but it's not COVID. We took three. COVID tests and they were all negative. Okay. And but it's something they, similar to COVID. That's 
it's a respiratory de- dealing with your respiratory dealing with your lungs and things like that yeah it, it, it could be whooping cough well are you uh, coughing a lot yes uh until I until I got the uh steroids and the antibiotics it was pretty continuous for oh, okay. the last eight since I since I saw you last uh-huh so uh I want the listeners to understand that there are other things out here. So wearing your mask is a good idea, especially since that, you know, I've been to, to, to Parkland twice, mm-hmm. taken three COVID tests and all three are negative, but I still have this coughing and congestion. And you, when you exhale, every time you exhale, you hear the wheezing noise. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah, do you think it just might be something come every year the flu? Uh, you can catch the flu uh, in the summertime. Oh yes, yes. Well, and then uh, one of the worst colds you can ever get is a summer cold. That's the worst cold I, I ever had was in the summertime. They bother me worse. I can't hardly breathe. And it's been like that for me for years. Uh huh. I didn't have a fever. I didn't have a headache. I didn't have any other symptom. Mm-hmm. That's why it's so baffling. That what what is this? And uh, we were thinking the doctors. I was thinking, well, it was a it was the whooping word name comes from when you inhale every time you get ready to cough. You have to go <laughs> to cough. Well, I've done that so, before, and at that time I never heard of COVID, so it probably. That could be a lot of things, but I wouldn't get overly alarmed about it, but I would take care of it. Wouldn't get overly alarmed about that. Yeah, I've had it since, I actually had it somewhat when I saw you last week, but it Mm -hmm. just wasn't uh, to the point where I, you know, thought I needed to go to the hospital and it just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And then so I went in and got some medication. That didn't quite do it, so I went back again yesterday to get more medication. Mm-hmm. And it's finally come under control. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, these diseases that here in America we had kind of gotten under control uh, here in the last 10 years, they're starting to come back. And mm. I, st- I, have, I still, it, you know, I live in an area where a lot of immigrants are. And, you know, I just don't think this country can, uh, this state, not the country, the state can absorb 200,000 people per month. Well, we have no, we have no record of where they've been or what their situation was. That's a lot of people per month for the last eight, nine, seven, eight, nine, ten months. Yeah, but we have to understand. We have to understand. Uh, my own thinking is this, this thing needs to be federalized. Sitting back and waiting on these ten horn governors to take care of this thing, it's not working. Yes, good morning. It's not working. Look at that! Look at that thing you got in Austin now. He's so terrible that he uh, he's got COVID. He out there partying and going on, but he doesn't want the children to be masked. Right. You know, he see he wants to give them the opportunity to choose. Man, something as disastrous as this thing yes. is, 
you're going to give them the opportunity to choose that. It comes a time when Mm-mm. you need to put your foot down. we got to put an end to this stuff where it kill everybody. Right. People are irresponsible. Yeah. So you can't. Well, you got an irresponsible state government here in Texas. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's totally irresponsible. Right. You remember we had, you know, you can't have hundreds of thousands of people coming in every month. Mm -hmm. After month, after month, after month, after month, after month, after month. Well, they're about to bring, they tell me, uh, that's what I'm saying here and over the news, they're going to bring a lot of people from Afghanistan. And Dallas, Fort Worth is one of the key places that they're going to bring is uh, is uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, these Afghans there. Okay. They're going to bring them here. And are they going to make sure they're yeah. vaccinated and yeah, stuff like that? Right. You, know, you have to worry about certain things. Exactly. Yeah. Make sure they they are vaccinated. So I don't know. Until the federal government go on and do what it's supposed to do and take over, it'll never be right. But anyway, I thank you for your call. All right. That's closing the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have next, uh, Pierre? We have Eric on the line three. Eric, all righty. Good morning, Eric. Morning, we are burning. How are you this morning? I'm doing pretty good so far. Mm-hmm. I just want to say this, then I'm, I won't call no more. We as black men got no problem trying to deal with the white men. Then we got to deal with these black women. Put stuff in my food. The groups I go to, they put stuff in my food and everything, man. Mm-hmm. I was aching so bad, y'all said it was a shame. Oh, what's wrong with them? I, they don't want to work. They don't want to do nothing. They want you to, all they want to do is drive around. You think that destruction was by design? Ah, just people didn't care. These people don't even know where they come from. I I ain't never seen none of them before, but they're controlling that group I go to. I can't win. They put them on food. Are they high income or low income? Huh? What kind of income do they have? About $800 a month. Some of them make more than me. You never had a job before. And when they get their little income, when they get their little twenty, thirty dollars every week out their money, they buy cigarettes and, and beer. Yeah. And then when they and when they go to groups, they take the white folk, the little Mexican kids, take the cookers and candies and everything. They sit around and bend all day long. That's all they do. Uh, I don't know what's wrong with them. I can't win. That's a sad indictment on uh. A group of people that that have taken on a whole lot of stuff. They've had to bear the burdens of no other woman have had to bear, like no other woman on earth have had to bear. 
That's a sad thing. They controlling us, Reverend Bernie. The black well, women, and then we got to deal with the white folk. No, black well, black how, men, how can you how can you be controlled unless you allow somebody to do it? That's what I'm saying. I can't. All I got is my word. That's all I got. You don't have no I'm more than me. your word. Aren't you a man? That's right. You a man? I don't bother nobody. I leave my groups. I come on. I, I go do my yeah. running. I come back and do, pick the push up, pick the sit up. Uh-huh. I call it a date. All right. I'll tell you what. We're completely out of time. I got, I'll be up against a short break, and we'll be right back. You thank you for your ahead. call. Yeah, thank you. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. 972-647-1893. Yeah, what's up? It's- All right, we're back and we're taking your call to 972-647-1893. Those who called in and didn't get it, they didn't get answered, just call back. Just call us back. All right, who do we have on air? Uh, for the, ready for the air, Pierre. And we have uh, Bill on the line four. All righty. Good morning, Bill. Morning. Yes, go right ahead, Bill. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, you're right about about uh, this response to the, this disease, this COVID being federalized, because these these governors are are just playing to their white base is what they're playing to. That's basically what they're doing. And yeah, but they playing, but they they playing like they're insane. And they blame now. Did you see what uh, the lieutenant governor was was on Fox News? And I don't watch Fox mm-hmm. News, but I caught this on on one where he's he's blaming black people now for the spread of the disease. Yes, because uh, we are only at one point where 83% uh, Hispanics <laughs> are 3% and whites are 4%. But what he didn't you know, figure is that the number of black people in the state versus the number of Hispanics and whites. You know? Yes. We, he, he didn't mention that, but oh my gosh. He just, but he wanted you know, to he, leave the he, thing is that we're the ones who are spreading this virus. Because we yeah, don't that, get that's vaccinated. What, that's what he wants to leave on your he, mind. That's what he's saying. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I walk around just like, you know, anybody else, you know, throughout the city and whatnot, and the majority of people that I see without a mask, without a care in the world, are white people. Mm-hmm. You know, and I see all, 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 all yeah. kinds of people. You know, we're, we're all kinds of people. But I see mostly them. I mean, they don't have a care in the world. They're, they're children. They just they just go to water parks, go to, to, to baseball games, go to whatever, you know, mm-hmm. and no, no mask, no, not a care in the world, mm-hmm. you know, but they'll get preferential treatment when it comes to having medical treatment for the disease when they get it. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's just, uh, it well, needs to be federalized. I, I know, I know we have an immigration problem and whatnot. The early Carly was talking about, you know, but you know, we had this problem before when smallpox was a, was, was a deadly disease. Yeah. Uh, 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 a chickenpox, uh, mm-hmm. so forth and so on. Polio. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we had immigrants, you know, flooding the border and whatnot. Then we knew yeah. how to treat it. Then we knew how to fight it. Mm-hmm. We vaccinated and vaccinated and vaccinated, mm-hmm. and we fought it. And, and now it's becoming prevalent again because we let a bunch of stupid Republican governors that only care about their pocketbooks, mm-hmm. you know, furthering themselves, investing money in these drug companies so they can, you know, they, they can profit and, 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 and get rich off of the, the misery of others. Yeah. You know, that's all they care about. Well, and, their greed right. is destroying this nation. Not only this nation, might destroy the world. Their greed. Yeah. It, it's don't just me, that simple. You know, I'm, I, don't they realize they don't, I mean, they're just, they're just 
so manipulated by, by, by the evil one that they don't realize you're mm. not going to take a penny of this with you. Nope. Not a penny. Mm -hmm. When you die of this disease or your loved one dies of this disease, when you die, you don't take a penny of what, what you earned Oh, you know, by, by, by the misery of others. You know, they're not thinking spiritual at all. That's out of the window there. No. They don't, yeah. they, they don't have a clue to spirituality. They don't. No, no, they don't. They don't. They really don't. I mean, I don't even know why I mentioned that, but, you know, I, you know I'm, yeah. I'm spiritual, you know, and, I, and, I, and, and uh, you know, I believe in the medicine and I believe in science and whatnot, and, and, and they need to be vaccinated. Everybody yeah. needs to be vaccinated. That's right. You know? and, and it's just in where... Uh, but you know what's worrying me? And I'll let you go. When are they going to get a vaccine for those under 12? Uh, when we uh, was going through um, uh, polio during that time, they came up with that salt vaccine. And uh, it was for everybody. That's how they got rid of it. You see, you when I went, we went to school back then, most of uh, was that six years old. We got vaccinated. Vaccinated. So. I wondered about. I wondered about that too, Doctor Barnett, because they 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 spent they spent the research on adult Americans and mm -hmm. Americans now uh, 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 children from twelve and up. Mm -hmm. Why you know why don't we have a vaccine for younger people? I mean, our kids now they're under twelve. I, I don't understand that. Mm -hmm. uh, is it still in trouble? I don't understand it either. Can you Good morning. They they can't they they can't seem to get a get a grip on. It. All right, thank you. Thank you. Uh huh. That clears the line nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. And we are nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. Who do we have, Pierre? We have a Chase on the line two. Chase. Yes. Alrighty. Good morning, hey, Chase. Hey, hey, good morning, Reverend Barnett, and uh, to the listeners out there. Hey, I want to talk about our uh, Austin. You talk about our governor. We don't have a governor. <laughs> well, you're right about that. <laughs> I agree with that. Any, yes, and we don't have any rep, anyone representing us in Austin. No, they have all sold out. Rep Barnett. Yeah, they went. They went to Washington to stop right. the vote. Repeat your name. Yeah. yeah. Okay. We had. And evidently, this week we had several of our senators. Yeah, can can come you repeat back your Austin. first name, please? Mm hmm. Well, they gave them a quorum when they came back. Yeah. So we don't have any rep. No one cares about us. It's ridiculous. Uh, we don't have anyone representing us. Uh, not anyone. Not at all. So we've got to stand together and we've got to get everyone in Austin now. We've got to start over fresh. And when it comes time to voting, we've got to get together, and we've got to band together, and we got to get those guys out. We have got to get Abbott out of We must get Abbott out of Are you old must. enough to remember the days of uh, George Wallace and Bill Boyd, H. Ross, Burnett, and all those governors? I'm not that old, Reverend Barnett. I don't remember those guys, but I'm... How old are you? I'm... 54. I've seen them. Now, I've you might not. You not, may not be quite old enough. But I've but, seen the media clip all my whole life. And that's what we've resorted back to. Yes, sir. Well, the, this rascal we have here in Texas, to me, is worse than any of them. This that's man this man just openly and boldly proposed death upon uh, this nation. He really 
Because if you got sick people in Texas, Texas is the second largest state in the union, both geographically and population, can can it really it can be a cancer to the whole that could bring this whole nation down. Then you have Florida, the third most populous state. I mean, and these these little ten horn governors are just they letting everything go. This something's wrong. Something's ridiculous. Yeah, I know what's wrong. It's greed, and they feel like they're so vac- vaccinated and inoculated that they're not going to get it. But uh, I tell you what, uh, the governor you got now has found out that he wasn't, uh, you know, Superman. That he he, he was somehow would get this, this same disease, get, get the same thing. We don't know how this is going to turn out with him. We just don't know. All right. Well, we have, we have gotten banded together, and we've got to get this guy all out of Well, out of the people need to go to the streets. I'm, and I'm the people need to go. The people need to go to the streets and say enough is enough. But the only thing, you got crazy people out there talking about, we don't need masters for our children. We don't. Well, my remedy for that is for schools, principals or superintendents, whoever have the authority. Separate them. Let those who don't want to wear a mask, put them in one class. Those who want to wear a mask, put them in another class. Don't let them come together. That way, we'll, we'll see what's going on. That's the best way. I totally way. agree. All right. I totally agree. With you. Thank you. Thank you. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do you have, Pierre? And we have uh, Joe on uh, line one. All righty. Good morning, Joe. Hello, Reverend Burnett. How you doing? Fine, Joe. How you doing? Oh, good, good, good. I want mm-hmm. to touch on two things real quick. Uh, one has to do with the businesses that are flocking to Texas, especially North Texas, and the other deals with uh, Pfizer, the uh, drug that they are fascinated with, one of the drugs. Uh-huh. A lot of the companies that are pouring into, companies are pouring into Texas especially mm-hmm. North Texas, and it's uh, not the shiny goodness that everybody, that a lot of folks might feel. Mm-hmm. While they are bringing in a lot of jobs, mm-hmm. they are doing much of this because they, Texas, you don't have to pay as many benefits, mm-hmm. and you can go with lower wages. They're getting mm-hmm. the heck out of places like California mm-hmm. and coming into Texas. Plus, we have weak unions to no union. That's right. Businesses love that. That's correct. Love- and some of the stance that the governors have taken, that the governor and some of these mayors have taken, they are doing that because they are real pro-business. Mm-hmm. They wanted to open their businesses back up because the thing is real profit-driven. Mm-hmm. But if people are sick or unhealthy, they cannot work. That's right. So they, they sh- they're shooting themselves in the foot. If mm-hmm. you've got a bunch of sick people in a company, they're going to burn a lot of sick time whether they are just uh, winging it or not, or it's real. But sick people can't work. Well, so it's it, just it, like cutting your nose off. You say, well, it's too long. It's, you know, my nose don't look right, so I'm going to cut it off. Well, it's <laughs> <laughs> all going to look worse when you cut it off and you can't breathe. <laughs> and this is what they're doing. Exactly. The other thing with this drug, this hot off the press, top of the morning, mm-hmm. Pfizer is going to get the government to back it. Mm-hmm. Uh, they say it'll probably come as early as Monday, as Pfizer. 
Is this a booster shot you're talking about? No, no, no. This is a regular, the regular, not the booster, the, 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 mm-hmm. the regular uh, uh, vaccination. They say it's going to have a lot of people that's been sitting on the fence. They'll be more prone to take that shot once you get the government back in. Mm-hmm. So you had a lot of people that had reservations. You know, we know all about this syphilis and all that back in the day. But some people had reservations. They were saying, well, you can't sue these companies if something goes afoul. So mm-hmm. the government hadn't approved it. So FDA is going to throw their weight behind it. Uh, they said this morning the private company's early as Monday for Pfizer. So well, uh, that's uh, the, where the money that's coming gonna, from. That's going to have to be a plus. Pardon. Where's that money coming from? Uh, it, 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 nobody know. I guess it'd probably be the government. I guess. In other words, out of our pockets. Right, taxpayers, right. So the government don't work. We work for it. Yes, but but see, they they handling this so messy. Do you believe it would work better if this was federalized uh, well, rather than letting these ten hundred governors oh, oh, running oh, from state oh, to state? Oh, 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 certainly, because what you got now, there is no national standards set. Right. You got Oklahoma doing one thing, mm-hmm. Texas doing one thing, mm-hmm. and this fiery joker from my past home state, Mississippi, mm-hmm. man, this fool is off the chain. He's off the chain. Yeah. Is he worse than the, the, what we got in Texas and uh, down there in Florida? Is he any worse? It, it, uh, he is probably not quite as worse in that he is not so high profile. But mm-hmm. their University of Mississippi, through their medical school, they have to set up uh, two garages. They turn them into uh, a treatment center for, for, uh-huh. for COVID patients and what have you. It's off the chain, but all of this mess could have been deeply dented, uh, uh, helped, uh, 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 if you will, if they had started following the medical scientist's advice early on. Yeah, but see, that was delayed and mischaracterized and everything from the very beginning. See, exactly. uh, Trump, 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 Trump dug us in a hole instead of putting us in a trench. We went exactly. into a hole. And, and, and now we got had to dig out, huh? And I'll say this and get off your line, Reverend Ned. And along that same line, Biden is fighting tooth and nails now over this uh, Afghanistan uh, debacle way to end it. We had to get out of that. This thing had lasted 20 years plus. It covered four presidents or administration. Biden made number five. But Trump was had set this thing in motion had started to cut the car up, and he thought he was going to get back in office so it could screw up worse. But Biden is the one that had to drive it over uh, the finish line, if you will, in terms of getting out of Afghanistan. But we had been there 20 years plus. It was time to get out. It's sad that it ended as raggedy as it did, but we had to get out of it. Well, if, if you study the history of the area, you will find the attitude, which is, uh, that's what start wars, and that is a war. The attitude been going on for 2,000 years. Go back and study it. I went back and studied and read it. And this thing been going, this thing, that whole mentality in that area has been gone. This is a winless war that will never be won until, the only way they can win is they have to destroy each other. Just, just totally destroy. Russia went in there and got kicked. United States have gone in there and gotten kicked. Exactly. And they can't beat these people in their homeland, in those mountains. They can't defeat these people. 
Exactly. You know, we left Vietnam with an ugly black eye. Now Afghanistan with an ugly black eye. And Trump attacked his own government. So, I mean, what can you say? Yeah. Have a good day, Reverend. All right, thank you. That clears the line, 972-647-1893. Who do we have here? We have another caller on the line three, and I think that it's someone from uh, Dallas County. From Dallas County? Yes. All right. Good morning. You're on KNON. Hello? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This is Councilman Casey Thomas. How you doing? All right. Good morning. How you doing, Casey? I'm doing fine. Yeah. Uh, I was, it was a good topic you have on this morning. I was calling mm-hmm. because several people called me after your show and uh, let me know that some, some, some comments were made regarding a vote on a charter school that I walked the vote. So what I wanted to do is I wanted to definitely call in since, uh, and I've had a conversation with those individuals. Mm-hmm. Just wanted to let your listeners know that I was virtually on the call on the council meeting as so many other council members were. And when the motion was made, seconded, and it was no, and it was and it passed with no no opposition. When whether you speak or not, when you're on a meeting or when you attend a meeting, and the vote is unanimous, then your vote is counted as unanimous. So I want to let you and your listeners know that I was at the meeting. I was on the meeting virtual. I was actually at my son meet the teacher, and I had to leave to be there to take my son. But I was mm-hmm. still on the council meeting virtually. And so mm-hmm. we looked at the record, and I had this fun conversation with, with Trustee Foreman last week as well as I think. When you look at the record, the record shows that I was present, and since it was a unanimous vote, I voted in support of declining the charter school being approved. That was the charter school at University Hill. That was um, was there uh, was, was there another school had been there on the agenda that you voted for? There was, and that school is in Pleasant Grove, and I was assured by the council member, who was Adam Bazadour, who called me the night before, mm-hmm. that that school would not impact those DISD schools, Skyline and Guzik in particular because of where it was located and the fact that they were going to be bringing kids from two schools that were downtown, closing those schools. One would have to come back to the council if they wanted to use that facility for uh, to be a charter spot, another charter. Mm-hmm. And yes, I voted in support of that for that reason, but mm-hmm. I'm lockstep with Trustee Foreman in terms of we don't need any charter schools in areas where we have a, a, a over-proliferation or performing Dallas ISD schools that met standard or above. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I to show that. and they, uh, are you on record that uh, you voted? It was a unanimous vote, and so you just counted in yeah. with the rest Council of the group. Member, so, you know, right. Councilmember Tanel Atkins made a motion to deny the approval of the charter school. It was seconded. No one spoke in opposition. He, but he voted. Uh, but he, he uh, Tanel Atkins was uh, was against that charter school. Was that that right. wasn't the one in right. East Dallas though? It was the one where that was the one that was in Oak Cliff. He made the motion to deny the approval of the charter, and it passed unanimously. 
No one, no one voted for the charter school. His motion was denied. Denied. It was seconded. I tell you what. Could you could uh-huh. you could you hang on? Uh, I, I'm up against a short break. Just hang on, and we'll come back with uh, uh, the councilman. Uh, we'll be right back. Nine seven two six four seven one eight nine three. The number you can reach me. We'll be right back. Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back and we're ready to go. Okay, we're on with the councilman. All right. Dallas City Council, and uh, what were you saying, uh, Councilman? Yeah, what I was saying is the motion. There was a motion that was made by Council Atkins. The proposed, the proposed uh, uh, charter was in his district. Mm-hmm. Motion was made to deny mm-hmm. the approval of the charter. Mm-hmm. It was seconded. There were few who spoke. No one spoke in opposition of of his motion, which was for the charter. Uh-huh. And when the vote was taken by the mayor, he said all those uh, in favor, there were a handful because we're virtual, you know, some people in person, some people virtual, but then they said all opposed, the same sign, no one spoke, therefore the record. And I immediately called the city secretary after I got a phone trustee foreman, emailed her a copy of the uh, information that was sent to me from the city secretary so she could be documented. Oh, okay. The motion to passes unanimously, which uh, means he recommended denial unanimously and passed, so the charter was denied. And all I'm right, I tell you what, could you hold right there? Yeah. Uh, sure. Pierre, bring on Councilman Foreman. Councilwoman Foreman. Councilwoman, I mean trustee foreman. I'm sorry. Trustee foreman, district four. Trustee foreman. All right. So I want to be clear, uh, and I I appreciate Casey calling in to try to clear the air. Uh, But in our conversation, we had a couple of conversations regarding what happened. And I shared with Councilman Thomas the reason I made the statements that I made was because I had received a document for Councilman Thomas after the vote for the school in East Dallas sent a note to the city secretary saying he was leaving the meeting. Uh, and mm-hmm. I took that at face value. Edwin, good morning. Uh, he did say that he did explain yes. to me later that he was still on the yes. he was yeah, still uh, on virtual, but the note said yes. he was leaving the meeting. Uh, I, and, I, and it was just after the vote for the charter school in uh, can you, can you East Dallas. Uh, Councilman Atkins, Councilwoman Arnold. And Councilman Obar Navarez voted against the charter schools in East Dallas because, uh, as I explained to Councilman Thomas, the uplift charter school that was put in over in our area came to the district saying they were going to be a middle school, and now they're a K through 12. So the same uh, operators are going into East Dallas. I also explained to Councilman Thomas that, yes, they can take their current students with them, but what happens 
when those students are graduating each year, moving up another grade, they are going to ultimately affect those schools in that area. And so I am just disappointed that we are still having conversations about the effects of charter schools. I also have sent to the council people letters from the superintendent that talked about the impact of both charter schools, not one, but both charter schools on Dallas ISD. And I appreciate the work that Councilman Thomas is doing, but at the same time, uh, my expectation is is that we get a good understanding that our schools are being hurt by these charter schools. And while we're pushing them out here, they're trying to move into other areas to do the same kinds of saturation. And I just wanted to be clear that, that DISD does better than most of these charter schools. And while they tell you they're going to only do one thing, they do something different. Uh, Councilman Thomas, let's hear from Councilman Thomas. Uh, how do you answer what she said? Well, I mean, it's not a matter of answering what she said. Me and Trustee Foreman had a conversation a little bit later than this time last week, and I assured her that going forward, regardless if it's in her district, my district, anywhere within the city of Dallas, if there is a charter uh, request, I will have a conversation with her about it and that's how we would proceed forward. And that was the agreement that we had. Uh, that's how we, we ended the conversation, as a matter of fact. That's correct. Uh, so where, where do we go to from here? Well, we have to well, be mindful that um, the city of Dallas will put in millions of dollars of infrastructure for this charter school. Uh, just like they did for the previous charter school that I talked about that was put in our area. Millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. And I also explained to the councilman that when companies are talking about moving to a city, they don't ask you how your charter schools are doing. They ask you how your public schools are doing. And so we have to put a lot of emphasis on our public schools. I do believe him that in the future he will have a conversation. But what what... I had to explain to the councilman was is that the other two African-American trustees voted against that charter school in uh, East Dallas. And I, I want to see us try to work together on those kinds of issues which are going to ultimately impact uh, our children. Are you saying charter schools is a private business? But, of course they are. They're run, they're but run by nonprofits. The city of Dallas they're will put millions of dollars nonprofit. to put a charter school in. Millions of dollars the city, the, the of infrastructure. City has to, the city has to pay for infrastructure. And so if you look at the charter school that they put over here, uh, they tore up the whole street behind the charter school and put in new infrastructure for that school. Those dollars come out of the budget for the city of Dallas. Uh, But we get no real benefit um, because when they talk about charters or choice, I am for choice, but I am for choice that is good choice for our children. Am I against all charters? No. 
but what I do know is when you start talking about the charters over in our area that are permeating throughout the city now or trying to, uh, they don't really work. The reason Omar Navarez, Councilman Omar Navarez, was so against both charters, both charters, is because he represents West Dallas. And they have issues with the charters in West Dallas. That's why we stand eye to eye on this whole charter situation. All right, Councilman Thomas, anything on that? Well, you know, like I like I said, you know, having a mutual understanding regarding, you know, any pending or any upcoming charter uh, cases, I think communication is 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 extremely important, and and that's you know what I agree to, and that's what. The trustee former says she be, you believe uh, that I believe you happened. And so yeah, and so and so um, I'm not aware of any at this time. But that doesn't mean that an application wasn't filed on Friday. Um, and so knowing you know the impact that that these charters are having and have had to enrollment in Dallas ISD, you know, uh, and the fact that they have a record of you know, not performing well, then, you know, it's just not beneficial to the city of Dallas to move forward with any new application, uh, at least within, you know, the, the confines of the city, not just Southern Dallas, as we talked about, and not just on Oak Cliff. So that's, that's where we are going forward. But you did vote for this one, right? I did, and I explained to you that the councilman assured me that the two schools, Dallas ISD schools, that are near where that charter would, would be located would not be impacted. But in our conversation, Trustee Foreman shared with me some things the night before that were discussed that was not shared with me. So I was disappointed to know that. All right. Council, uh, Trustee Foreman. Uh, well, I just I, so I just like to make another statement based on something else, uh, and, and that is is that I want the public to know that Dallas ISD has joined in a lawsuit with other school districts throughout the state against the governor's order for them um, not wearing masks, and, and I'm excited that the superintendent and the school board are on the same page with this issue because. Uh, clearly, one of the things that I know is that uh, we have to do everything we can to protect the students and our staff. And wearing masks is just one remedy. There are other protocols that we have to continue throughout this process. And I totally agree with you. If there are parents who um, are refusing to have their children wear a mask, then we'll have to put them in a separate area. Well, yes, that's what I, 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 I've been proposing. Those who don't want their well, children in masks, put them in a group and separate those from those who want their children in a mask. That yeah, seems to be so. simple to just do it like that. But the district is also uh, considering for the um, uh, elementary school students, I believe, an alternative uh, for uh, them to do virtual learning. Uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not big on virtual learning, mm -hmm. uh, but uh, if it's going to 
uh, satisfy the need of the parents who don't want their children to wear masks, um, then I'm accepting of that. Because at the same time, the parents would be accepting the fact that virtual learning may or may not work for their children. Uh, but they've made a decision, and, and that's, that's fine with me. All right. All right, I thank right. y'all. I thank, thank the both of you. Uh-huh. All right, Casey. Bye-bye. All right. Thank All you. Right. Thank you, Miss Woman. The cousin line, 972-647-1893. All right, who do we have, Pierre? We have uh, Corey on uh, line two. Corey? Yes, Corey. All right. Corey, good morning. Yes, sir. How are you doing? Fine. How are I'm- you? All right, I'm in support of the charter schools, and I'm going to tell you a reason why. They're filling a void that the public schools don't fill. Um, a lot of people don't voice their opinion on it, but parents that have uh, decent income or don't qualify for like certain programs or anything like that, uh, they're unable to send their kids to public school to pre-K programs because those uh, pre-K programs uh, through Dallas ISD and many other school districts throughout the states, even some of the suburbs, well, a lot of the suburbs now, um, they cater more towards either students that are not American citizens, like students of illegals or ESL as a second language, or students that whose parents are low income. So you're kicking out uh, a bunch of people, of, of a bunch of students of, of working parents that got two jobs just because they don't meet some uh, low-income statute that the school district has. You know, I, I ran into this with my, with my children, myself, where I had to end up putting my kids in a, in a private pre-K school for, you know what I'm saying, the, fir- the first year or two before they were able to go to their school district in their neighborhood. And it's, 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 it's unfair to working parents that work together. What's unfair to them? That if you got two parents that, that are working together that live in the All same right. school district and they're, they're working together, putting their income, they're married, a married family. And, you know, just because, you know, two incomes is more than one because they chose a traditional family structure versus somebody else that didn't or somebody else that came across the border illegally. Their kids have to, you know, they can't go to their school district in their neighborhood for the first year through a uh, tax-funded program that they're paying for out of their property taxes for their home for their, for their local school district. Well, now, when we look at this whole situation, are you aware that charter schools don't do as well as public schools as far as for children learning? Uh, whether it's pre-K or not, they're getting the, the exposure of the classroom environment. It's up but if they don't do as well, are you, would you would willing you, to accept that? Would you let me finish? What? No, hold up, hold up now. I, I'm, I, you want to dialogue with me? We want to talk? I'm having a dialogue. Well, I'll listen, I've listened to you. I've listened to you. Now, wait a minute. You, you, I've listened to you. Now, you can listen to me. All I did was ask you a, a simple question. Are you aware that they don't do as well as public schools? 
that depends on the individual charter school. I know some that have and some that have Most of them haven't. Hello? I'm here. A lot of, a well, lot of them well, have. You, it, just, it depends on no, the No, 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 no. You go pull it, you'll see that they don't. In fact, you don't have to have the credentials to teach in a charter school as you do in a, in a public school. Do you realize what what, what publics what charter schools are all about? Charter schools yeah. is, is about a Dallas billionaire that lives in Houston now. He went to Hillcrest here in Dallas. They want to take over all the schools across the nation and get rid of public schools. If yeah, you do that, if you do that, what are you going to end up with? Who are you will end up on the streets and they'll kick them out of the schools because they don't have to take charter schools, don't have to take students that's adjacent to those schools. They take, they cherry pick the ones that they want. You, we're trying to avoid a disaster. And these, all the charter schools is talk about is money. It's a disaster about to happen and they're tricking a lot of people into going into doing this. The public schools are doing that with shortfalls, with income shortfalls every year. No, no, they're not. No, they're not. All right, look at, look the public schools, have, they, take the, they take the students that's closest to them in their proximity. They have lines drawn. Well, you go to this school, you go to that school. Charter schools don't have to do that. Okay, what about the, 50, what about the $60 million shortfall that Dallas ISD had, the $54 million shortfall that they had, the income scandals that they had, with the superintendents. When you're talking about billions of dollars, you're going to have discretionary uh, shortfalls. Yes, I remember the $84 million ones. But when we have a situation where the money that's supposed to be going to these public schools are being short-circuited by uh, uh, what almost they run like private schools, these, uh, these you know, these charter schools, they are they are really draining from public education. I tell you what, it's eight o'clock and I'm up against the shirt regular. Thank you for your call, and we'll be right back. Here we go. All right, we are back and ready for our number two of church information and open forum. I'm Marianne Barnett, your host, and. Uh, we invite you tomorrow morning, 9.30. Tomorrow morning, 9.30. Marion Barnett Sr. Catch us on Facebook. Heavenly Joy Church. Tomorrow morning, 9.30. 9.30 tomorrow morning. All righty. Pierre, bring us up a next call. They're on there. Mm-hmm. So we have uh, Ike on uh, lane four. All righty. Good morning, Ike. Good morning, Marion Barnett. How are you? Marion Barnett, how you doing? Mm-hmm. All right. I mm-hmm. wanted to comment on the charter school issue because, you know, I've been fighting these charter schools for years now. Uh, mm-hmm. And I heard the young man call in and saying that how his kid couldn't get into pre-K. But remember that uh, 88% of Dallas parents, Dallas ISD parents, has their kids in pre-K. It's free. And mm-hmm. we've been fighting for universal pre-K because when they came up with the money for pre-K, some people put stipulations on it about who could go and who couldn't go. And uh, we we cried out about the racism that was involved in those uh, criteria to go to mm-hmm. pre-K. And Dallas ISD came up with a remedy where they started even 
giving vouchers for some of these kids can get in school. But if you go over on Camp Wisdom in 35, a street called Terry Point on the service road, if you go over there from 7 to 9 in the morning, uh, from 2.30 to 4 in the afternoon, you'll see that devastation this school has had on that neighborhood where people are all up and down the service road, parking all on the on the different streets where people cannot even, you know, enjoy a little ride to work coming out of their neighborhood because of this traffic jam backed up, which they were supposed to do a, a study on, the traffic. So, Reverend you are absolutely right when it comes down to charter schools. And uh, when you look at some of these charter schools, some of these schools are failing schools. Mm-hmm. And they only get rid of the black ones that's failing because the billionaires and millionaires own these operations and they own more than just charter schools. And, well, uh, this is all about padding billionaires and multimillionaires' pockets. This is what. Right. Uh, that fund that that, that 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 really uh, that funds public education in the United States is is wants to be ripped off by these people. They never they never talk about education. They never well, talk about advancement of our children. Yes. Uh huh. You were talking about the man that uh yes. that started this that lived in Addison. Now he lives in uh, Houston. Yep. The man that authored this, yes. the man that authored the thing, the, the take over Dallas, yes. the one that wrote it all up was Mike Marat. He's now yes. your education oh. commissioner. Yeah, I know. That's another thing people people got to understand about charter schools. Mm-hmm. They got people in every world. They got people on the DISD board. They got people on the city council. They had a guy sitting on a, yes. one of your historical black colleges here in Dallas. Mm-hmm. The, the dean used to sit on the board for a charter school. Yeah. So it's, oh, we're trying to fight whatever we being sold out by mm-hmm. people that look like us. Well, and, and see, they're so ill-informed, and they take the message of uh, certain people, certain people, usually whites, who will bring this to them, who will bring this to them, who bring this to them, and will make it look good to them, and they be so, uh, you know, uh, they're so kind and so sweet. They don't realize they're being ripped off. They're being ripped off. One more thing, I'll let you go. Uh, Most of the people that say we for the charter schools will be they black, white, or Hispanic. They either work for the charter school industry, or they don't live in the neighborhoods that these schools are impacting. They just fly in, and they cause, or they drive real fast, drop their kids off, and, and go back home. Uh, uh, over there off of Cherry Point, most of those kids go to T.G. Cherry, Atwell, and Carter. Yeah. They, they have you, have you, and they go to our areas and pick what they think is some of our best kids, our best students. They cherry pick. They, they cherry pick them, and they pick them out, and the rest of them they don't care about. And if they get suspended from the uh, public schools, they're out the door because the charter schools don't have to take them. We are warning people. Yeah, yeah just a second. We are warning people. You're headed for a disaster messing with these people. They mean you no good. All they want to do is line their pockets. And that's, it's about money for them. That's all. Right. And that's most it. of your politicians that voting them in, 
got in here, you know, sort of, they, they, they getting some of that money, Ram Barnett, yeah. indirectly or directly on, under the table. That's right. But Ram Barnett, one more thing, ask these people how many of the charter schools take care of the special ed kids. Special need children. Oh no, no, no! They, they, they don't, no, they, they don't want to mess with that. They, they turn it over to the public schools and everything. They want to pick the best and the easiest way to make that money. I got to run because I have Congresswoman Johnson on another line. All right, thank you. All right, clear the line Pierre, can you bring on Congresswoman? Yes, Eddie Bernice Johnson. Yes, Congresswoman Johnson. Are you there? Yes. All righty. Yes, Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, yes. Well, I tell you what, I, I, I've i got so many things I want to talk to you about that and I don't even know where to start. But let's start with Af- Afghanistan. What's going on? Well, they're trying to end our uh, involvement in this war that's been going on for now over 20 years. It's been a questionable war from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and President Bush started the war. He tried to get out, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. President Obama uh, tried to get out, and it didn't happen. It's at a point now where uh, it... Whenever you get out, it's going to be a problem because the people there have not made preparations uh, to look out for themselves. It's been Mm -hmm. a fairly weak government. And so uh, to try to stay in a war that the people are not supporting is difficult. Mm -hmm. Uh, It is. and, And it's never a good time. Uh, to end the war because when you end the war it's going to be chaos if nobody's participating but you. Mm-hmm. Well now, wasn't President Bush, didn't he get awfully angry with, uh, who was it, was it Clinton? Uh, told him we were about to get into another Vietnam. Well, uh, several people said it when we were going in. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was determined. He was determined. Yes, he did, and he got us in there. And then he said that there is no easy way out. Well, uh, what do you think the president uh, uh, gonna do now? What what can he do to get that? Say they they say what about fifteen thousand Americans uh, caught up in there? Uh, you think he can airlift that that many people safely? Well, so far they have. Uh, they're bringing them out. Uh, we've already received some in, in Dallas. Uh, so they're, they're, they'll be coming uh, out. Whether or not there will be any uh, people losing their lives, that's yet to be determined. Uh, but we got a war on our own shores trying to deal with this virus. Mm-hmm. And it's just so much we can afford. Mm-hmm. Well, now... Uh, uh, have you given it any thought about federalizing uh, this medical care to stop this virus and, and it's, it's, it's advancing to something else gone from COVID-19 and we have the Delta virus and uh, all of this? Shouldn't this be federalized? Shouldn't the federal what, government... What do you mean by, what do you mean by federalized? The federal government overt- taking over 
this whole thing and take it out of the hands of these governors? Well, you know, it's, uh, uh, it's, there are constitutional factors uh, that has to be considered um, with, with overriding uh, states that all has to be done according to the Constitution. Every state has a right to exist. Uh, and the governors are, it depends on their party. On, on whether or not they are cooperating. Yeah, I know that. We've gotten to the point in this country that everything is political. Um, how the approach was done in Texas is strictly political, which is unfortunate because this virus is not political. Uh, it, it's attacking everyone who is not protecting themselves. Well, there, there's something, you know, when, when you start dealing with children's lives. You know how children are what they are. They're children. And you say they don't have to wear uh, a mask at school, which has been proven to be uh, good protection. It's protection for children. When you just relax uh, things like that, what is, I know that's political because there are a lot of people who want to send their kids to school Without masks, don't 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 make it mandatory. But there are a lot of people who do want that. Uh, and the governor of Texas is for those who don't want their children to wear masks to school. Well, I think that there are uh, some ways in which the local governments uh, can look at their local areas and make a recommendation based upon that, which is, go, which is what's going on in Texas now. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, uh, I, I don't really know the governor's um, reasoning uh, for not wanting to protect the children. Um, and I'm not sure if, if anything I can say or do that would change his mind. Uh, but I do think that large entities where they are independent school districts uh, can make decisions based upon what they consider to be the wise things uh, for the children and for uh, anyone who is involved in the education system. Uh, There are, uh, there have been uh, court-tested cases uh, and the rulings have come rather politically. If there's a majority Mm -hmm. of the court Republican, they rule with the governor. If they're not, they do not. Uh, So in a democracy, uh, we are governed by the rule of law. And so that battle continues. I would just say to people with good common sense that to do all you can to protect yourself and your children because it is clear that the virus is deadly. Yes, it's clear. But this is what I, I, I don't understand. It seems like uh, uh, a child to go to school, say, let's say uh, from first grade through 12, 1 through 12, they're going to go, don't put pre-K in there. How much money, what percentage of that money you think is federal money that will educate that child? Well, I think that 
not a lot of it because federal money, uh, they, they, the education and the Constitution of this United States has left the education to state and local governments. The federal part of it is only the enhancements programs. They call them the, the programs that are, have been put together to enhance shortcomings uh, like Head Start and uh, Title One the various programs of that sort. Now, this time, because of the virus, there's been a quite a bit of money appropriated federally not to teach the children, but to protect the children. Uh, it can be spent in various ways, from separation uh, technologies, uh, all type of technologies to get to the students. Uh, but the, the responsibility of education in this country is the state and local government, not the federal government. Education is not covered in the United States Constitution. It was intentionally left for the states and local government. All right. I, I did, uh, you say, take something like Rover, not Roe versus what I'm talking about, the 1954 ruling on education. That was the that Supreme... That desegregation. Yes. But that still was the feds stepping in and say you cannot discriminate. Isn't that the federal government showing its power? To discriminate is different from to educate. Uh, you can have both in the same, but the federal law just simply says you cannot discriminate based upon color. Well, there, it just seems like the federal government can exercise its power Whenever it really, truly wants to, uh, I don't know. But we, well, they can, and uh, within the confines of the Constitution of the United States. Mm-hmm. Now, what, 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 where is that addressed in the Constitution that the feds cannot intervene in certain situations when it's when the lives of children is at stake? Uh, in the Constitution. I'm not sure. The, Const the Constitution doesn't say that on anything anywhere in the Constitution. Mm -hmm. What it does say is the responsibility of public education is the responsibility of state and local government. It is not a federalized education system. The federal government can do enhancement programs and uh, programs that will attempt to reach some of the deficits. Uh, of children that mm -hmm. are different and in addition to uh, the uh, regular education. And th those programs have guidelines. They are, when the money is appropriated, is designated for certain uh, types of uh, enhancement uh, programs that public schools are responsible for. Basically, uh, depending on the handicaps or the, uh, the opportunities that many young people, especially where there are poor kids, uh, that's where that enhancement uh, is intended. And there are guidelines for that enhancement. For example, if you uh, finance a program, if a school requests financing for a program for a Head Start, they yeah. have to meet, meet the criteria. Okay. Co Congresswoman, I'm up, I'm up against a short break. Right, Let's take a break. And y'all, 
who others who want to talk with Congresswoman Johnson, reach me at 972-647-1893. We'll be right back. All right, we're back in your own. You're back in your own with uh, Congresswoman Ida Bernice Johnson. All right, who we have next? And we have uh, Imani on uh, line three. Imani? All righty, good morning, Imani. Good morning, Pastor. How you doing? Fine, how you doing? <coughs> I'm doing. I'm sitting here watching the news stations. And I'll, 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 I'm, I'll, first of all, I want to let everybody know, if we don't help the K and O N, we're not going to be on there all long. You know, we're not going to be able to have a voice. So I really off a lot of communications. And that reminds me back in 1974 when I was coming, just come back from Vietnam. I had just come back and I was watching, I just came back from combat. And when I watched all these people jumping off the boats and ships and stuff, and, um, uh, And then another day that reminded me when these people get jumping and falling under the planes and stuff from a war that really wasn't supposed to be. It's all about the war. It's all about money and people making money. And now and that that bothers me. But remember, I'm gonna ask you one. I'm gonna let you get back to the interview. Mm -hmm. Did you get finish that book I gave you the other day? I've gotten most of it. Well, I'll fin I'll finish it all probably by Monday Tuesday. I was just cost up to represent before I'll go. That book will save everybody. It will save the poor whites because we are on the eve of 1868, the fact 60. And think about who was the war about in 1860. What was the war started about? And who was the people who who died in the war? And who caused the war? We are at that, at that time now. So mm-hmm. we are fighting about the same red states that won't take the vaccine. Just think about the red states. And who they were in the same war in 1860. It's called the Civil War. And yeah. so I mm-hmm. just want to say hello to the congressperson. I'm sorry I didn't say hello. But we have to save our country now. And All right. the book I gave you, Palonomics, will save the whole country if we'll, if we'll just get rid of the problem. And black people is the problem. All righty. So I'm going to let you go fast. Talk to you. When you talk to me, that book, you know how you got my number. Yeah. All righty then. Okay, thank you. Uh, Congresswoman Johnson, uh, do you think uh, this is uh, when it comes to politics? You know, everybody, the Republicans definitely going to jump on this. You think they're going to try to blame President Biden for this situation? Well, some of the people I think that are uninformed as to the beginning of this war, why it was a war, mm-hmm. uh, and why it really uh, should end, uh, if they don't know the facts, they'll blame anybody that that they want to blame. The facts mm-hmm. are that we cannot continue to fight a war where the country refuses to fight their own. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we went in reluctantly, And supposedly for a short time, it's been over 20 years, and there's no real reason for us to continue to be there, especially when we need all the money we can rake and scrape to try to build this country back. Mm-hmm. 
Well, uh, why why do you think there's no will for them to fight uh, for their own country? Is there something going on we're not hearing about? I don't know if it is something I've not heard about. Uh, But I think you did see where the president immediately put himself in exile. Uh, So it probably has something to do with the leadership. Mm -hmm. Uh, if If he didn't feel safe to remain in his country because we were deciding to get our military out, it means that they're not interested or ready to protect themselves, and every country must have that responsibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, did we? Uh, was it anything signed by the United States that we, we would stay there until they they are well protected or freed? Uh, is there some kind of pact, uh, something we wouldn't know I'm not about? Aware. No, I'm not aware of that. Uh, I've, I've tried to find out, and I hadn't been able to find out anything. It doesn't look like it is. But that's just like we were there. All righty. Uh, let's go to our phone lines. And uh, who do we have online? We have uh, Corey on uh, line four. Corey? Yeah. All righty. Good morning, Corey. Morning, Ron Barnett. Good hey, morning. Uh, morning. Hey, morning, Congresswoman. Hey, I'm, Good morning. I'm, morning. I'm familiar with the Texas senator that started that whole Afghanistan thing and, you know, what they did with all the weapons when they send them to like Liberia, places like that. But um, I guess the, the, the thing that I'm, I'm concerned about is I want unity in, you know, our community and for us to be more concerned about what's going on locally and nationally here for, you know, African-Americans. I know you have to represent everybody in your district, but one of the concerns that I have is that when you have, I guess, the reason you got the classism in the, in the African-American community is that when you have, I guess, families or anybody that is trying to do the right thing or trying to participate in their community, it's like they get shunned out or moved out because of, of, of income levels because they make a certain amount. They don't get to participate in local programs that, I guess, so far as the school districts with the charter thing, and like with certain like activities or whatever that go on inside of a school district, and I, I I don't think it's fair to families that are trying to trying to hold it down and set an example for for black people. Hello. You there? Yeah. I don't know if I dropped off or what. No. You, you, no, I'm, you, I'm listening. I haven't heard a question. I was just listening. She's yeah, wait, I mean, waiting I, on a question. Okay, the question that I, the question that I'm asking is, what can we as a community do to come together from different classes? I don't know because the Constitution does provide for people to have free choices, and most of our uh, battles in this country. I've tried to plead for equality in areas where the government has some responsibility, uh, both locally and nationally. In terms of people making their own choices, the Constitution also provides for people to make their make their own choices in many areas. For example, if you wish to take your child to school, and the federal law says every child must go to school. 
Congresswoman, uh, it seems like some wind or something is blowing in. T- till it might be my line that's messing up. Okay, go right ahead now. It stopped in. Uh, you go right ahead. Parents have now. a choice to mm-hmm. send their students, send their kids to whatever school they choose. Uh, some schools will, will have um, tuition, but they're still up to the parents whether or not they send their children to school. The law simply states that the children must attend school, but it does not say what school they must attend. That's the choice of the parent. And so... Bringing people together depends on, many times, the issue. There is nothing in the Constitution or in law that says you must bring people together no matter what. That, uh, that interferes with freedom of choice, which the Constitution provides for. Now, when there are issues that people want to gather to take a position on, then you will see the people coming together. And there are a forum set for that. That's why we have city council meetings. That's why we have uh, school board meetings, uh, so that the general public can express themselves and they elect people to express for them. So in, in a democracy, there are many choices. You might agree or disagree, but that's the way the Constitution is set up. But I don't know that there's any mandate in the Constitution anywhere that says people must come together on issues based upon anything other than the law or their opinion. Okay. Did you hear that, sir? Hello? Uh, I guess he's gone. All right. I'm here. Huh? You Can there? You hear me? Yes. Did you yeah. hear? I'm yeah, I was asking, was the Constitution wrote for citizens or nonsense? Because it seems like, you know, it's it's what's causing the division between the low income and the, and, the, and and people with decent income is the catering to non-citizens because those resources that are supposed to be for citizens are not being used to people that make a a, a decent income. It's like they're being excluded. Well, I, I don't know. I, I'm pretty well. You can trace much of that back to racism. Uh, the classism, uh, the, the amount of education one might get, we we can we can uh, look at that. Uh, there are many ways of dealing with that, but people who will stand up can overcome most anything. Yeah, I guess I guess I'm just looking at being able to participate in your local area without being discriminated against. And well, uh, I don't. Well, we. we do you wear this tan, or do you wear our color? Why wouldn't I? Huh? Yeah, why wouldn't I? Well, I don't know, because I don't know a lot of things that you're asking for the simple fact. Everybody that wears this color is going to deal with it, and it all depends on how they deal with it and work hard toward it, organize, and do everything. That's the only thing I can tell you. Do you vote? Right. Do you vote? Yeah. Well, I do. Well, who you yeah. vote for has a lot to do with it. Yeah, a lot of a lot of people I vote for look like me. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, you vote just because they look like you, they may not be the but, best thing for but, you. But, what but I guess what I'm all right. Well, I guess I see where you're going with that. But what I'm saying is that 
Okay. Yeah, did I you call talking. earlier? Yeah, I did. I called. Okay, I'm going to have to cut this out because I only allow one call right. uh, per, right. per show. All right. They bring me another one. Alrighty, uh, bring another a call on. Yeah, we have uh, James on the line uh, two. All right, good morning, James. Good morning, Reverend Bonnet and your distinguished guest. Yes, um, Congresswoman Johnson. This 2001, I met you live in Athens, Texas. But uh, it's a pleasure always to be in your presence on phone or however. But thank you for what you're doing, Reverend Bonnet. You too. But uh, a lot of things it, that the gentleman just called and everybody listening. What's happening is. Out in the national and state government, we call them Republicans and Democrats. But when you get locally, like what I be up against and Mr. Wynn here in Palestine in local government, they not considered Republicans and Democrats. So a lot of times that's our problem with the mindsets. Like the young man is talking about local government and all. You have to deal with mindsets that may be Republican or Democrat, but you won't know it because they don't label themselves as that in local government. That's understand it. Then that's the way it's supposed to be the law. But on the other thing I was going to say, Reverend Bonnet, we need public school to stay alive. If you can do a program on public history, and Congresswoman Burnett and uh, Johnson knows it, that the, back in, when M.B. Lamar started this, that was the involvement of all back in the 1800s when he got started and what public school was doing. In public school, we can have accountability. We have PTA, PTO, school board meetings and all of that, but when you give it those charters, like you hear a lot of the callers saying, it's about the dollar bill, the money. So the thing is, we have to pay attention to that. In public school week, we used to have that, and like accountability. And Congresswoman, you probably remember this. I the tell you what, could you hold up right there because we're up against a short break, and uh, we'll be right back. Thank you from a Starbucks. You're <laughs> Yeah, what's up? All right, we're back, and we're back. We have James from uh, Palestine on. All righty, you're on with Congresswoman Johnson. Go right ahead. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. I would, Congresswoman, and without uh, somebody saying you bias or you against charter schools or anything, advise us as far as the public school, the history that you know. I've done a research here in Palestine, and it was a struggle here against Catholic uh, Catholicism in these churches here, in the schools here, and the, really, we need the public school. Like one caller called in about, what about the less the disadvantaged children that's handicapped and all those things there when charter schools will reject them because they don't meet their standards. So encourage us as far as, if Reverend Barnett do a history on the public school, I think we would understand public school versus charter school and we would have a better understanding. But anything you can do to encourage people to pay attention and, and get involved either way. I appreciate right. it, and I thank you for your sacrifice. Right. I to hang up and make Thank you for your here. call. All righty. Thank you. Be blessed. Uh -huh. Congresswoman, you want to comment on Excellent. that? Mm -hmm. Charter schools are public schools. They mm -hmm. just have a charter hey, where they can operate a little bit. I'm sorry. All right. Go right here. Uh -huh. No. Charter schools are public schools. Parents have a choice to send them to the charter school or the regular public school, but they are public schools, and they were brought on to offer an alternative to just having a straight-out um, task-type curriculum that's handed down by the state. Uh, they can have a little bit more leeway in their curriculum. 
but they were they're lawful schools they were put into law um parents have a choice they people cannot be forced to go to a charter school it's all by choice it's left up to the parents what school they choose for their children and so they exist and they would not exist unless you had the parents who had the demand to have them uh i heard someone talking about the traffic and all that well Nobody forces kids to go to charter schools. That's the choice of the parents. And if that's what they choose, the law says that they can do that. So I don't know um, if they're enabled by law. Uh, They are uh, funded by your tax dollars, except for any enhancement that they wish to add to that curriculum, and that's the same as in public schools. Many teachers add lots of enhancement for classrooms, for students. Uh, so it really is a choice of the parents. If the parents are not happy with the schools, they don't have to send them there. Uh, if they choose to send them to a Catholic school, then they meet whatever criteria the Catholic school has or any other private school. There are a number of denominational type of schools that are called private schools where uh, parents send their kids. That's all the choice of the parents. They cannot be forced to send them there. They just have to send them to some school. All righty. Thank you for your call. Uh, Clear the line, 972-647-1893. Who's next? We have uh, James and uh, line three. James, all righty. Good Good morning, James. Yeah, uh, good morning, Reverend Barnett and the Congresswoman. Uh-huh. And I want to thank both of you for the good work you do for the people in this area. Thank uh, you. Congresswoman, I have uh, one question, and I will uh, hang up and uh, listen to your answer after that. Uh, concerning Afghanistan, uh, according to um, a study that came out of Brown University, uh, costofwar.com, you can go online and look at it. Uh, the war in uh, Afghanistan cost uh, almost three trillion dollars. The war in uh, Iraq cost uh, in the neighborhood of four trillion dollars uh, over the last twenty years. Now, my question is, what can be done to ensure, or uh, what what are the chances that that six trillion dollars over the next twenty years will be spent in this country on our domestic problems? Uh, for, you know, health, education, welfare, and uh, that kind of thing. Uh, what are the chances that, that, that we'll see that $6 trillion spent here in this country for in our neighborhood as opposed to on another set of frivolous and frivolous wars uh, that burn up money uh, and, and don't do anything good for the people? I'm going to hang up and uh, get your answer, Congresswoman. Thank you very much. Uh, let me just say that the answer that I will give will strictly be my opinion. I think the first thing we must start out with is understanding that our budget is not built on if you don't do this, do that. It is determined how much is going to be available for education, how much will be available for other programs, how much will be available for defense. 
each of those departments submit their budget request to the Congress for authorization. And then they go into committees, both House and Senate, and they make the recommendation based upon what the criteria uh, has been set aside to be met. When there is war and we participate, that sometimes become an extra amount of money being appropriated. We do have a number of organizations of which this country participates. One is NATO, uh, UN, various international programs that we have committed to certain participation to preserve democracy. I don't make the decision necessarily what wars we go into. That is brought to us through the Defense Department and through our leadership as to whether or not we do that. But we do lots and lots and lots of support that go into troubled areas where there is not war. For example, Haiti just had a tremendous uh, hurricane. So then we go to that part of the budget to assist there. If the UN asks each country participating to put so much in to help where there's disease outbreak or whatever kind of outbreak, this country as a country has an obligation to attempt to do their part with it. We as a nation does not stand like a little island in the world. We stand as a part of the world and a major part. And so we are frequently called upon to help preserve democracies. We'll, uh, even though we don't always experience a democracy every day that's left up to the people that are living in it, many countries don't even get close to our democracy. We just finished talking about schools and schools choice. Mm-hmm. In many countries, they don't have those choices. Mm-hmm. They have to go where the government sends them. And so while we're trying to preserve a democracy, we try to help spread that democracy around the world, even though we're still working on it right here at home because we all know about racial prejudices and not only color of our skin, but income levels, all types of uh, artificial barriers that are put there by people. Mm -hmm. You just cannot control the minds of people. The democracy is not intended to do that. It intends to support the mind to think freely, but oftentimes thinking freely is against someone else's uh, rights. And so that's why we have courts, and that's how we, why we have organized government, and that's why we have states' rights, states' government. Uh, when we were going through all the uh, fight and desegregation in schools, uh, although the laws were national, they really only touch those places who had the problem of trying to make things equal. When you look at the, at the country at large, there are parts of this country that never needs to be told or, or never have to re- look to see whether or not they are following uh, equality. But there are some portions of this country where it's a constant battle. It depends on the will of the people, since this is a, a country of democracy. We have to also attempt to influence attitudes for equality. 
Well, Congresswoman Johnson, I'll ask something very stupid and simple. How important is voting when it comes to what you've just explained? Voting is the most important and the most powerful tool we have. When we don't vote, we see what we get. And so uh, I don't know how we could not see that as the most important thing. Even going through this virus, we've had a governor that has not wanted to follow the rules or the recommendations to protect the people. Sometimes I think, and if you look at this stupid comment the lieutenant governor just made in the last couple of days, yes. that mm-hmm. they think this virus is only going to kill African Americans. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and if that is the case, they don't care how many get killed because they don't want them to vote. Mm-hmm. It's stupid. But people sometimes are stupid in some of the things that they believe and some of the things they want to do. Uh, it is clear that all of us do not think the same. We don't have mind control in this country. We have a democracy. So people can think the way they want to. It's when they act upon those thoughts, if they uh, act upon uh, the rights of others, they have to be corralled through the law. But there's no magic wand that I can find that gets rid of racism, uh, gets rid of separatism because of income levels, that all has to be handled with people. And people are not the same. They're, they're different. We have, we have to continually find ways uh, to explain and to, to work for equality. Mm-hmm. But voting, if you neglect to vote, then you neglect yourself. That's one of the reasons why we have to deal so strongly with some of these issues, because we have not voted. Mm-hmm. It makes a difference who yes. is in office. It mm. makes a real difference. So I'm hoping that everyone will come to understand that there are consequences to your voting and to your non-voting. We would not have had this governor if, if, if the majority of the people had not voted for him. Mm-hmm. I hope they'll never put him back. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it's the same thing with the president that was just defeated. He was mm-hmm. so determined to be a dictator that he doesn't even respect the votes of the people and the will of the people. But we must prevail through votes. That is the most powerful tool we have to express ourselves. Yeah, it seemed like we had, he won that election uh, in 16, That uh, I mean in 20. Then we, we, we'd be under a dictatorship right now. It just seems like, look, after looking at what happened on January 6th, uh, this was a takeover of the Capitol building. I don't know, have there been a, a greater insurrection in America since America been a country? Not since the Civil War. Yes. This is something uh, that... I don't know. I, I think it, it's so terrible that a lot of people don't seem to understand really what happened that day that our government was was threatened to be overtaken. Well, it's like anything else. The people who wanted the takeover considered it just a tour of the Capitol. The people who were there trying to do their business considered it war on the Capitol, and I was one of those. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it is uh, 
it is unfortunate that it happened. Mm-hmm. When you examine, they don't even want it examined. We now finally have a panel who is trying to get to the bottom of it. And you see every day, and I'm and probably surprised. Well, I'm glad you, you got out of there safely. I'm glad you Because uh, this, this was something else and everything. But I tell you what, Congresswoman Johnson, I knew you, I know you want to have, well, I, I'm just, I'm out of time. Um, do you have one, something you can plug in in 30, 30, 30 seconds or so to, uh, that you, you want to tell us? Anything you want to plug in? Get vaccinated. Thank you. When we got vaccinations for polio, it got rid of polio. Mm-hmm. We must get vaccinated to eliminate this virus. Mm-hmm. And I'm proud to say that we are a lot more vaccinated than what we give credit for. But mm-hmm. we need a lot more people to go and get vaccinated. And that is important to control this virus. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you for being on our program. And uh, we got to get out of here. Got to run. Come in next is Workers Beat. And y'all have a wonderful, wonderful day. Bye-bye.